0: You're listening to the pop Zara podcast.
1: Pop Zara presents the state of gaming podcast.
0: What's going on everybody. This is the pop Zara podcast state of gaming. That's right. It's the state of gaming mini podcast for pop Zara talking about video game sales, analysis, estimates, figures, all the fun stuff that you can get everywhere else, but you can't get the commentary because it's exclusive and we don't charge anything. So it's free that makes it better. This is Nathan Evans, Managing Editor of Popstar.com, talking about all those things and more on the State of Gaming podcast. And none other than the co-host himself, Mr.
1: Senior Gaming Editor, Corey Gallagher. Corey, welcome back. Hey, how's it going? I am happy to be back. Is that better? Did we do it? Um, It was Good? still a little bit wrong, but it's what well, we'll go with it.
0: Well, you have to anglicize better. For example, call me Nathan. But anyway, welcome back. If you're listening to this podcast chronologically, you'll notice that we're doing it a little bit late. Not our fault this time. It's because the numbers that were released from our good friends over at NPD were late. We try to sync up with them, but sometimes, well, they're a little late. Even though we're talking about April 2022, it's probably going to show up in your box in May 2022. So no panic. No panic. It's all fine. We'll get through this together. So, Corey, uh, let's talk about what happened. Let's just say this. It's a small month.
1: I to April's say, we, we can talk stylish. about what happened, but it's not going to be much. Uh, April yeah. is the beginning of what we would call the slow season. Uh, typically, you don't see a lot of big games released between, I would say, what, about April to August? Mm-hmm. It's like
0: a it's a tsunami. The waters recede, things look calm, because the storm is coming.
1: Yeah, like, a, a lot of your big important games are going to release toward September, October, November, December. That's to obviously capitalize on people going back to school and uh, the holidays. So, with that said, we don't really have a whole lot to talk about here. I guess the first game we'll discuss is one that I haven't played. In fact, I've, I'm going to drop a hot take here. I've never actually played any of these games. <laughs>
0: You know, drop a hot take sounds a lot worse than it
1: actually is. I'm going to drop a hot take right into this bowl of discourse. It'll just be steaming everywhere. It's super gross. Uh, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. Two issues with this. First off, it is based on the Star Wars sequels. They are bad. So that is strike one it gets me playing it. Uh, strike two against me playing it, but I've not ac- ever actually played a Lego whatever game before. It's just not really my thing. You know what's
0: funny? So I was on a trip – as I told you, I was on a trip last week doing some family stuff, and I interacted with a lot of my nieces and nephews that are considerably younger than me. Have you ever spent any time with anybody under the age of 10 and looked at what gaming stuff they like? You know, the
1: last time I did, I think it was actually one of my nieces or nephews, and I think it was Fortnite mostly. That's the big thing with –
0: But it's not the game, though. Have you noticed this? It's like all the stuff around the game, like the videos,
1: the like the dances, the song, and they so on the and so forth. Yeah,
0: I mean yeah, that's so, cool. So,
1: like I, I that's well, completely fine. I support that. I walked in, and on the big screen, they were watching this YouTube video on the
0: PlayStation for some Tico song from some preschooler that was singing this synthesized song about strawberries. Have you okay. heard this? I've not. I thought I was having a seizure. I thought maybe like this was it. Like I'm coming, Elizabeth. And I thought maybe I was seeing things, but I was watching some psychedelic BS, and I realized that this is not my world. Like, what they like is not what I like, and that's what I think some of the Star Wars stuff is. It's – if you're into the Lego Star Wars, you're into it because these things sell mad big. You know those, yeah,
1: right? yeah. I've definitely met people who are super into Lego. Like, people who in their, people in their 30s and their 40s who just – Lego is their whole lives. They love it, and I've got nothing against that, but – Honestly, you know, aside from just you know gentle interaction with it as a kid, I think everybody at least messes with Lego when you're young. But I never really kept that when I got older. But some people did, and I guess oh. like this Star Wars Lego Skywalker saga is meant for those people.
0: Well, you know, I'll, I'll say this though: I, I have some experience watching some of the videos and everything. So not to put a fine note on it, but they are funny. Like, uh, the developers and the, and the producers and everything, they make these games very funny. They've had spinoffs. I don't know if you saw the Lego Star Wars um, CG movie a, a couple years ago. No, I,
1: I, I haven't touched Lego at all, honestly. Like, oh. I'm not familiar with any of it.
0: Well, that's the thing. When we talk Lego, we're not talking the toys anymore, right? We're talking the video games, which are completely different. I think the Lego games and the Lego universes, because what, they have Lego everything, right? Like LEGO oh, yeah, Star LEGO,
1: Wars, Lego, Batman, War. Superman, Marvel. Yeah.
0: I think that sort of universe set up the Fortnites and set up that sort of thing because it became whimsical, became acceptable, and became palatable to parents who don't want to, you know, you're not going to sit your six-year-old in front of Call of Duty, but you have no problem with Lego or Fortnite, even though Fortnite's really weird.
1: I don't know if you're going to hear that take anywhere else, folks. Here in the state of gaming, Lego (laughs) video games led to Fortnite. It wasn't Minecraft. It was the Lego games.
0: Well, I don't know their name. Uh, the The guys who made the the, Lego, the first Lego movie have become superstars, right? They've they've uh, Chris Lord, I think I, I think it's Miller. Mm-hmm. Like th- these people have have revolutionized like children's entertainment. I don't know if you saw Mitchell's versus the Machines. Um, they did the Lego movies. Um, they did. Uh, they were supposed to do. Ironically, they were supposed to do the Star Wars movie, the Han Solo movie. They got uh, very famously fired from it. Yeah, I think there's I think there's something to be said that Star Wars is a very popular franchise that's not known for being whimsical and funny fun anymore. It's sort of being serious and dour. And you're totally right. Let's just end this like this. The original movies, awesome. You've seen them. I've seen them. Everybody's seen them. We all love them. The prequels, whatever you think, they got memorable
1: moments. Yeah, by the way, I'm going to drop a hot take on the prequels. They are pretty acceptable these days. Yeah. If, you, if you have the right frame of mind going into them, they're fine. But they're, I don't know that there is a right frame of mind for the sequels. They're uh, yeah, awful. they're awful.
0: They're pretty bad. They're forgettable, and no matter how much they try to stuff things around this package to make you like these characters, and I have nothing against Rey as a character or whatever, but they're forgettable. Nobody really, really loves them, and by the way, film snobs will tell you that The Last Jedi is the greatest movie in the world. It's great. No, it's a bad movie. It's a bad, bad movie. I'm sorry, but no, you don't have to play it. If you like Star Wars, if you like Lego, if you like Lego Star Wars, then the Skywalker Saga is here for you. It's nine games. Go for it.
1: Nine games. That's crazy. Uh, so yeah. what I did see about it, you know, I have watched some gameplay videos, and I will say if it ever drops to like 15 bucks 20 bucks on sale, I might think about it because it looks like it's now this kind of third-person shooter concept they have going on that looks neat yeah. to me. But, I mean, being as neither of us have played it, we can't see much about it. So moving on from there... Uh, another game neither of us has played, yet I'll be playing <laughs> this one to talk about it for Pop Zara, uh, Switch Sports. Um we have it listed as Nintendo Switch Sports. I'm not actually sure if that's the correct name or if it's Switch Sports or if it's NS Sports or I this N- is, Yeah, this is one of those
0: things where it should be called Nintendo Sports because it that way it becomes like platform agnostic.
1: And, and then you can like keep adding numbers to it, or it can become like yeah. super Nintendo sports like Mario which... Party,
0: for example. They don't yeah. call it Switch Mario Party. Right. But um Anyway Maybe they call it Switch Sports just because
1: it's it's free SEO in the in the title. Well, that I mean, I guess the original was called Wii Sports. Anyway, uh, as you might have taken by uh, taken on by now, this is actually I guess the sequel question mark to Wii Sports, which uh, one of the most successful video games of all time. Uh,
0: years ago, before we had a podcast when this website still did you know the written word, your predecessor or one of your predecessors and I were talking about smart decisions Mm -hmm. and the consensus was that nintendo packing in wii sports with the wii was the smartest decision the company ever
1: made that's true and i would posit the reason for that and i'm sure you'll confirm or deny but i think i'm right about this one Is because people would buy the wii to get wii sports Mm
0: -hmm. and wii sports is still being played by the way like Um,
1: please please imagine that you you are buying a console to get the pack-in game
0: i i've i've come around a little bit to changing my opinion i still think it's a a huge financial decision that benefited nintendo Mm -hmm. but it but i also think it set the wii up for failure in within certain circles because it became almost like one of those uh one of those nostalgia consoles you buy at the stores for 50 bucks it comes with frogger and pac-man it's like people were buying the wii just to get wii sports and that's it and i think the only ancillary you have to that would be like ubisoft's just dance where people were just buying it just we talked about this just dance was is only really successful on the Nintendo platform. Right. Like, PlayStation people weren't really buying it. You know, Xbox people weren't really buying it. It was Nintendo people. And it was basically, what was the Wii? It was basically Wii Sports, Just Dance, and Wii Fit. And that was pretty much it for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, there are people who would just buy it. I mean, the DS did the same thing, if you if you recall. There was a lot of stuff in the DS that was really made for a casual audience, like the brain training game, uh, games, so on and so forth. I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of those, by the way, too. Yeah, I've tried know, them. They didn't work for me, obviously. Um,
0: I thought the <laughs> I thought the the, the original Doctor Kawashima's brain training, you know, the original Brain Age, the one that you had to hold the DS like a book mm-hmm. that had Sudoku on it, had little puzzles. I thought that was revolutionary, and I think you know, in the days before the iPhone dominance, I think it's hard to look back at it now and see anything different. But there was also personal trainer, cooking, you know, you had things like that. You just don't see that type of innovation anymore in the
1: consoles. Yeah, you, do, you really don't. I mean, one day, I think one day it's possible. Right now, we're in kind of a holding pattern with a lot of cultural things. Going back to Switch Sports, though, it looks like we've got mm-hmm. six different sports here. We've got your tennis. Uh, we've got sword fighting, bowling, volleyball, badminton, and uh, soccer. You know what's funny? Did you play
0: uh, Wii Sports Resort that had the Motion Plus adapter?
1: I did. I, I, the sword fighting in that game. Fantastic.
0: Yeah. It never quite caught on, and I think that's, it, it proves the rule that you really can't have, uh, you really can't have an accessory selling a product. And, right. I think, and I think that was sort of the the downfall of the Wii in general is that you had – I mean let's be honest. I mean I love the Wii console. You love the Wii console. I mean I think people who genuinely love video games had a good time with it if you knew what to look for. But it just set up this whole divide that you and I always rally against about what's a gaming console, what's a kiddie console. And, sure. Yeah, there was tons of great stuff on the Wii if you look for it. But yeah, uh, absolutely. Unfortunately...
1: But I mean, for most people, they recall it as, you know, we made Wii Sports and Wii Sports did well, so we have to make a bunch of games that are very much like Wii Sports and then... Well yeah. it, it I have to say
0: this, the funniest the funniest thing that it's irrelevant to this conversation, but the funniest thing was when we had to test playing the Call of Duty games, and I forget what the the one that came on the Wii, the PlayStation the Xbox at the same time. What was it, World War or something? It's the one where they actually had the voice chat accessory on the Wii. Sure. And you could literally hear the different demographics depending on which console you played. The PlayStation was all radio ads, all this. The Xbox, we won't get into it, a lot of racism. And the Wii version was all people, like children, like talking about their homework. I don't think that's, the Switch has that problem. And I, I'm just, like you said, it's not a packet. I wonder how it's going to do when people have to actually go out and buy it. Hmm. I mean, what's the what's the only competition? Ring Fit
1: Adventure? Yeah, I guess that's true. If, if you're lucky to be able to find that one these days still. <laughs> Ring Fit. Well, yep. we'll see yeah we will so moving on from there um we'll actually skip this next one we'll talk about it in a little bit uh we've got the house of the dead remake which i am also going to talk about for PopSAR here pretty soon and i hate what? to say it i played the switch version it's kind of eh.
0: is it only a switch version
1: though? no they are there's a uh, steam version and a ps4 version now, i believe ps4 really uh, Did they did they launch at the same time or? no the other versions came out much later Okay. So the, for
0: some reason this was a Switch exclusive for a very small amount of time.
1: Yeah, let me let me confirm what I'm saying here, but I'm like 90% sure that I'm not full of it. Yeah, no, well, it's right here on Steam. You can buy it right now if you wanted to.
0: Okay. It did come out later though. It was like literally like a week exclusive or two week exclusive. Which is very strange
1: yes. because the yeah. the Switch struggles with this one. The Switch has some trouble with the frame rate. Um honestly, this is not the kind of game you want to so, uh, one of the big parts of the House of the Dead, and I think basically all these light gun games, is the tactile sensation of holding a gun, or a pl- big mm-hmm. plastic gun in your hands. So the same reason why uh, it's a big part of why Guitar Hero was so big back in the day, is that you got this tactile sensation of holding a mm-hmm. plastic toy. And uh, as you might imagine, you don't get that same sensation with the Switch, even if you take the Joy-Cons off, um, and it doesn't work as well. I don't know that the new aesthetic is all that great. It doesn't really look as good. It's not as, you know, cheesily charming. I, I I mean, we have a review coming, suffice to see if you can yeah. guess what I'm going to say about it, I'm probably not going to recommend it. Well, I'll just say this,
0: going back to the Wii for a second, this is a good comparison, because the Wii was loaded with great railgun games.
1: Because and the Wii tons. remote was a perfect device for it, and it you could get these plastic accessories to snap your Wii remote into, and it worked really well, it felt good. Uh, there was a, a Zelda-themed, uh, Zelda-themed one, and it was great.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Wii excelled at these sort of things, especially, I, I hate to say it, it also excelled because they hid the technological limitations of the hardware.
1: Yeah, that's pretty true. Pretty I mean, you don't, have to worry, you don't have to worry about you know not being able to control your character correctly if you don't have to control your character. It makes sense to me.
0: I will say this, though. Uh, House of the Dead Overkill was on the Wii, right? The one the,
1: <laughs> that's true. The the one where they just left
0: all semblance of reality behind. It just went full tilt like Grindhouse. Right. Uh I know some people don't like that game. That's my favorite House of the Dead game.
1: It's a real solid game. I like it a lot.
0: It's very funny. And uh, I was going to ask you a question. How do you play a light gun game without a light gun? I'm not going to move the the cursor around. with the.
1: That's actually – that's exactly what you do. If if you keep the Joy-Cons plugged in, that is how you play it. Um, You can take the Joy-Cons out if you want. I wouldn't do it.
0: I don't know. I mean, I really want a new House of the Dead at home. I, what was the last one that came out in the arcade?
1: So the last one that came out in the arcade was called Scarlet Dawn. Um, yeah, Scarlet I don't Dawn. know if you've ever seen gameplay videos of it, but it's very cool. Um, really makes me wish it would come out at home.
0: I think you and I talked about the one of the last vestiges of arcades. I think it was um, what's the place we talked about? We're going to visit. And, uh, we saw in California. There's a bunch. I
1: can't remember round the name, one. But we did round talk one. about round one. Yes, yes, yeah, yes we did talk about that.
0: It's like a better version of uh, Dave and Buster's. Yep. But uh, they have these games there. Like you go there, you will find hardcore Japanese games there. So I, I'm pretty sure they'll have a copy of that House of the Dead at Round One if you can I find
1: it. I certainly hope so because yeah, that game looks fantastic. Uh, speaking of games that look fantastic, by the way, here's a game that looks great that I've not touched. Um, you put it on here, so I assume maybe you've played it. Uh, Chinatown Detective Agency.
0: I was going to ask you about this. So, like I said, let's be clear. Let's just reiterate. There's not a lot of big
1: stuff. Yeah, you know, I it's believe. it's funny. This is So I know when you put this one on here, you probably saw it on the Game Pass screen, which is reasonable. I've not played it, which is funny for me, because, you know, as Alfonso Deegan, Private Eye, you'd think I'd play all the detective games. I have not played this one. Oh,
0: by the way, thank you for not saying funnily enough, because I hear people say funnily enough a lot, and it's not a real phrase.
1: It's not, you're correct.
0: It's not. So, So tell... I'm
1: I'm looking at this trailer now, this looks a bit like Snatcher, to be honest.
0: Be still my heart.
1: getting some real Snatcher vibes from this.
0: You know, does Konami still own Snatcher?
1: That's a good question. I don't know. Maybe
0: I assume you could probably buy the fr- buy the license. If Sega, because we talked about um, House of the Dead, we didn't even mention Sega, and the the remake has nothing to do with Sega. So I'm wondering if uh, can we get a, a Snatcher remake out there? Can we t- redo Snatcher? Because that's a franchise that's been dead way too long.
1: That's true. Yeah, well, now this, guess... this looks a lot like a 2D side scrolly version of Snatcher. Maybe you got some beneath a steel sky going on. Uh, I'm gonna move us on because talking about a game neither of us knows anything about <laughs> isn't great. Um, I will say it is on Game Pass if you want to play this kind of detective game. Looks like a point-and-click adventure you, sort of thing. There you go. And you could, and you could
0: uh, can you also buy it on Steam? So it's, you can it's
1: buy it. Yeah, if you're into that, you can buy it. You can buy games. I, games exist.
0: I do think I do think we need to make a better. Um effort i know it's tough because game pass is interesting but if a game is available outside of game pass on the pc i think we should probably try to recommend that because not everybody likes game pass i've i've realized that from first-hand experience like if because we like game pass but if you keep saying game pass like we do people are you shills you shills. No, i mean as long as
1: we're talking about game pass you know this is a short podcast anyway we can talk about some new stuff that i'm seeing on there uh it's crazy recently i've played unsold which is the latest thing they've added it's kind of like a uh very advanced 2D version of, like, Devil May Cry. It's got a really solid combat system. It's very interesting. You check it out. Uh, Seven Days to Die is a wonderful example of this kind of survival-building crafting game. It's good to play with friends. Uh, Lost in Random from EA. Because, by the way, if you have Game Pass, you get access to a lot of EA games, too. Uh, Lost in Random, kind of a DICE-themed Zelda clone. Uh, good stuff. Uh, the Dungeon of Nahalbuk, which is based on a French audio drama. Uh, it's an XCOM clone. <laughs> And you should really? try that, yeah, it's an XCOM clone. It's actually pretty good. I've played about an hour or two hours of it. I liked it a lot. Here's an nice demo game pass. I played two hours of this game. If I hated it, what am I out? Nothing?
0: Well, and that's we talked about this before. The one thing the gaming industry has never, 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 never cracked. They've tried. They've tried. They have never cracked the radio version of gameplay, which is, if you want to play a game, ten t- nine times out of ten, you have to buy the game to even try it. Yeah, demos demos are, are a rare thing. You can't rent games anymore. Uh, you know, I, I had a lot of hope for the streaming stuff, not as a replacement to buying, of course, but to, to test things out. Sure. Because trailers are phony. Like, let's be honest, the video game industry has a problem. Uh, trailers are mostly CG cinematics that do not represent the game whatsoever. And uh, yeah, I would I would just Game Pass is the only really way. Uh, yeah. Although, I don't have it on our list, and I don't know if you want to talk about it, because it's confusing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Sony is expanding their PlayStation service. You
1: heard so about that is. Right? Uh, so while they are doing it, why don't we save that for the next podcast, because I don't actually have access to it yet. Nobody does. I think it Nobody actually does. starts rolling out either next month or the month after. It does look cool, though.
0: It does look cool. I mean, it, it's basically Sony being forced by the competition. And I think... And to some degrees, Nintendo has nudged a little close that way with their expanding con- like virtual consoles. Mm-hmm. But, but none of them really compare to the value of, um, of Game Pass, either PC or Ultimate or just regular console.
1: Absolutely. So moving on from there, uh, so we'll talk about a game that's about, that's been announced, but first off, I want to talk about a game that's recently come out of Early Access. You know, I dump on Early Access mm-hmm. a lot, and I think it's pretty reasonable to do so. In my day, uh, when you bought a game... You gave the publisher money and they gave you a game and that was it. You didn't you didn't form a relationship. You weren't part of a community. You just bought a product and that was that. And that was you know for the largest part how I preferred that. But I will say that as time has moved on, we have definitely seen some success stories come out of this model. And this is one of the success stories success stories right here. Rogue Legacy two, mm-hmm. uh, the sequel to the very popular side scrolly Metroidvania roguelike kind of thing came out. I want to say uh, about ten years ago. When did Rogue Legacy come out? Rogue Legacy came out in 20... Oh, I was close. It was uh, 2013. And uh, the gimmick here, as it was in that game, is that you are playing as a legacy of characters, which means that if somebody dies, you're going to play as their kid. And uh, your genetics are questionable because the kids tend to have things weird going on about them. Like you might be colorblind, in which case you're, not, you're now playing a black and white game. Uh, you might have a weird overconfidence issue, so now you can't see your health because, of course, you can't die. Interesting. Yeah. Um, it's. A great example of this concept. If you like these run-based games, where you know you you play, you die, you play, you die again, but every time you die, you are progressing a little bit, not just by you know getting money that you spend on upgrades, but by learning more about the game so you do better next time. Then yeah, you'll really enjoy this. You've probably not played it, right?
0: No, but uh, it reminds me of I, I I feel I'm showing my age here. Do you remember Fantasy Star on the Genesis? Uh, not the non-Fantasy Star one, but Fantasy Star two and then Fantasy Star three. Fantasy Star
1: 3 actually had Fantasy Star 3 with this with the same concept, right. Yeah,
0: the same concept, but that was like 30 something years ago. Uh, um, but I see the the Fantasy Star series never really I don't count the MMOs, you know what I'm talking about, right? Sure. Like the Fantasy Star line. But like the, the the when Sega was hitting everything out of the park when they were on fire, the Fantasy Star series never became popular for two reasons. One, RPGs were just not popular outside of Japan and the Genesis, or Mega Drive, was not popular in Japan.
1: So I'm gonna, so, I'm gonna drop a hot take about why those games didn't do as well as they could have. If you're gonna be competing with the largest, most devastating fantasy <laughs> RPG series in existence, maybe yeah. don't make half of your series' name be the same as theirs.
0: Yeah, you mean fantasy with a P?
1: Yeah, I, I don't think that helps. I feel <laughs> like, I feel like maybe you should have given it <laughs> a different name. And you uh, know, I've, I've played these games, by the way. Fantasy Star uh, was wonderful.
0: And, uh, the death knell, though, was Fantasy Star 4 on the Genesis. That was a $100 game. By the way, you guys bitch and complain about $70 games. $100 Genesis game in a cardboard box. Yeah, it was worse back then. It's better now. Even the worst of today is better than the worst of yesterday. Right. But, um... I like the idea of the generational thing. I think it's an interesting
1: concept if done well. So. Yeah, it's a pretty cool idea. Speaking of interesting concepts if done well, uh, one of those is like this cool idea, right, where you catch these little – these creatures, right, and you use them to battle other creatures to catch more creatures and you become the the best there ever was. How does that sound to you?
0: It reminds me of the idea that you, if you're going to look for innovation, you're going to have to look for, like, like microbes. You're going to have to look at it in the smaller size. You're not going to have – Call of Duty innovate with you know intergenerational things like You're going to have remakes of remakes. You're going to have to get these. Uh, you're going to have to get these indie games that are incomplete, that are probably messy, probably have a lot of developmental problems, filled with bugs, probably never going to be finished. But they're going to have sparks of something new.
1: And then somebody and, with some money and some talent, and not to say any game, any people don't have talent, but somebody with a lot of money and a whole lot of extra talent laying around is going to take these little sparks and turn them into this big burning fire thing, right?
0: Well. The last time I ever heard of a major publisher and a major developer trying something completely new was Spore. You remember that? It was terrible. Was it Will – what's his name? What was the developer's name? Will.
1: Will Wright. You don't remember him oh, because my. he made Spore.
0: Did he work on Epic Mickey?
1: Um, I don't think so. That was Warren Spector.
0: Warren Spector. I, I get my old – Cherish developers, confusing. Right. But do you remember how ambitious Spore was, right? It was something completely new. It was, it was, it was evolutionary. Like my That's, That's
1: what we were told anyway. Now, Spore yeah. eventually did not become what they said it was going to be, but it did do one pretty cool thing, and that was give you a. It was the first example, I, I guess, uh, in the early days of this kind of user-generated content schema, which, um you know, obviously we see it today in YouTube, we see it in Twitch, but I think Spore was a great example of what we would eventually become, as you know, as a hobby. Uh, That's neither here nor there, though. This has nothing to do with any of that. (laughs) Um, What we're talking about is that uh, they announced a new Pokemon game. Two of them, in fact. Now... I'll say this: We
0: usually save this stuff for the end, but you guys will be all be tuning out before then. So let's get this <laughs> let's get this while
1: we still got your attention. Yeah, uh, new Pokemon games: uh, Pokemon Scarlet, Pokemon Violet. Uh, we don't know much about them just yet. What we do know is it look they look like they take place in Spain, which is pretty exciting. I think that's super cool uh we saw our three starters there's a, a cat looks like it's made of a weed leaf uh there is a crocodile and there's a duck looks a bit like donald duck and uh <laughs> that's really the extent of what we know right now but hey new pokemon games moving um, on from there we have mpd numbers
0: i will say this though uh what, we do know one more thing about the pokemon game is that the impact uh what was the last game that was a big seller Arce- how do you pronounce it uh, arceus arceus uh that i think is going to impact that franchise the same way breath of the wild impacted zelda Indeed. That I think Nintendo has moved the needle forward. Now I know nothing about Pokemon. I only know the theme song, but I'll say this: uh, If you're into Pokemon, you probably know this already, so this is old news. But I I think we're witnessing the evolution of a franchise in real time because. You could say a lot of things about Pokemon, Corey, but you can't say the series has really evolved much over the last
1: 20-something years. And, you know, I would also say that that's not necessary. It doesn't really have to. It does its thing, and it does it well. But as you mm-hmm. say, we saw with Arceus that it can do new things if it has to, and those new things are pretty good. That's true. Mm-hmm.
0: And let us move on to the next section. You know, i got to get theme music here so we can, like, like auditorily, like, uh, announce the new section, like a bong. Chris, if you're listening, we'll work on that. Yep. Anyway, let's move on to NPD. Even though we usually talk about the month prior, we're going to have to go back two months to March 2020 because that's how it works. Thank you for keeping up. NPD, a little messed up. A little messed up, but you know what? We blame NPD. Yep. It's all their fault. Send your hate letters to Matt. But going forward, uh, we're going to be talking about the numbers for – really quickly, talking about the numbers for March uh excuse me 2022
1: yeah there's not is. much not much to say uh we basically spent a lot less on everything because nobody has any money for obvious reasons um <laughs> well, well and, and let's be honest let's uh, just say it like this the audience is no longer as captive as they yeah it, it turns out a lot of people are really excited to maybe go outside and do some go stuff outside. for the next Which couple months at least if, um,
0: you've, uh, if you've been outside your house Corey, you notice that people are flying more they're traveling more they're they're, they're just getting back to living
1: i i will say enjoy it while it lasts
0: total sales of the new gaming hardware and software topped 4.8 billion that's 15 percent lower than last year uh console sales are way down of course because there's no consoles to buy yep. uh best-selling console of the month was a switch shocking uh xbox series x and s did well and i i gotta tell you i think i know why because those s's are easy to find that's true it's They're very not-
1: very easy again get- you you for the past couple years at least you could get one pretty easily and the x is getting easier <coughs> to find. The, right. the
0: PlayStation 5 is not easy to find and I think that's really the problem. So, yeah. but uh
1: so software though. Let's talk about software cuz this is where it's at. We yeah, so surprisingly surprising, surprising amount of new stuff on here. Uh, number 20, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which that's not surprising we had a big expansion come out for yes. that. We reviewed it on we should take a look. Uh, number 19, Animal Crossing New Horizons. That also had a pretty big update. Uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate is not getting any more updates, but it's still a great game. People love it. Uh, Mario Party Superstars. I like, guess if you can see your friends again, you're going to want to play something with them. And here you go. Uh, number 16, another Switch exclusive game, uh, Triangle Strategy.
0: This is, a, this is a surprise to me. Um, because you, I know know what? you know, like,
1: it doesn't really surprise me that much. I'm going to tell you why. It's because mm. the previous game in this, I guess, series, Octopath Traveler, was a knockout. People love that game.
0: Now, are they part of the same series or just development development teams? It,
1: it's, it's they're part of the same series in the way that I would see like the Final Fantasy games are. You know?
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, they look they look <coughs> similar. In that fact, they look they look
1: very nice. I'll right? People people would see this game, recognize Octopath Traveler, probably be probably inclined to pick it up. Speaking of which, they'd see Madden NFL 22. Uh, they would not think of Octopath Traveler, but they might pick it up anyway if they like football. Uh, 14 is Minecraft. 13 is FIFA 22. 12 was is a game I was not expecting to see on this list at all, to be honest. Yeah, let's uh,
0: talk about let's
1: talk about this. Yeah, Ghostwire Tokyo showing up at number 12.
0: I played this game on the
1: PC. I played it as well. I played it on PS5. I thought it was great.
0: And I gotta tell you something. Uh, full disclosure, and I'm gonna lose some respect from everybody, including you. Or you know, um, I was a big fan of Elden Ring, which we'll get into. Yep. Um, Elden Ring was occupying a lot of my time, and I got to the point where I was getting frustrated, as you do when you play Elden Ring. And instead of dedicating my my life to stats and figuring out how to swap specs and all this stuff like a good Elden Ring player, I sort of gave up for a while. And I immediately went into Ghostwire Tokyo. And I got to tell you, joy. I,
1: I don't know if this is a good game. I this, don't know. This game really does, you, you know, I... I we talked about innovation a bit ago. I don't really know that Ghostwire yeah. Tokyo does much. It's innovative. It is an open world, exploratory, collecty kind of game. It's a first person shooter, kind of open worldy. You know? it's like, it, it opens up as you play it more. Point being, it's that same kind of feel. But it is the if you are feeling a little bit chapped from Elden Ring, uh, this is the game to go with because it's the same idea. You look around, you collect stuff, you become stronger, but it's not going to kick your butt quite as hard.
0: It is aggressively Japanese. Yeah. That is so fascinating because the first thing I thought of, it even vis- visually looks like the Yakuza games a little bit. Yeah, it it, I don't, it doesn't. I don't think it shares any DNA, but it, it's so aggressively, so positively, so so proudly Japanese that you it, can't. It, it
1: it, I was reminded on. very much of Ghost of Tsushima and the way that, as yeah. you say, it's very positively Japanese. You know, it's it wants you to love Japan like the developers did, and it succeeds in that. Well, it's fun because you go in there and you know.
0: I'm no spoilers for a game that I can't even explain, and I don't think you could either. Mm. But you you go into the you go into a uh, gas station or convenience store, and there's floating cats that have taken over, right? And they become your They become everything, and they talk. And the dogs put you on quests, and the Tanukis, and the spirit guides, and everything is so Japanese, and it's so different, and it's so. I don't want to say foreign because it sounds like a bad thing, but it's so different than what you're expecting from a, a typical like shooter or role playing game. In a good way. Absolutely. Very much so. Have you finished
1: it yet? Um, I've not finished it. I've gotten pretty far into it. It's one of those games that I really want to come back to, but it's actually a perfect time for that because things have kind of stopped coming out for a yeah. bit. Speaking thinking of games I want to go back to because I like them quite a bit. Number 11, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands.
0: Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So how how much DNA does this share with um, Borderlands? Oh,
1: 90%. It's, 90%? It's, uh, this is Borderlands 5 or whatever. It's It's just more Borderlands
0: more borderlands that's not a bad thing if you're into borderlands
1: yep and it's yeah, not a terrible game it is more borderlands it doesn't do much different uh the few things that it does do different tend to be more like aesthetic changes like oh you're casting a spell instead of throwing a grenade but it behaves like a grenade and explodes like a grenade so really it's just a grenade um so <laughs> that's kind of a minor complaint i mean if you like borderlands you'll like this in fact that's probably why it's up so high because people know that Moving on from there, number 10. Uh, This game was a little bit controversial amongst the fan base, and that's funny to me. Uh, Number 10 is Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin. The only thing a lot of people know about this game is that it had a funny trailer where the guy yells about killing (laughs) chaos a lot. Yeah, the
0: trailer. I thought the trailer was a mistake at first because uh, because the way it was edited didn't sound. There was overlapping voices. I didn't realize that was actually part of the charm.
1: And uh, yeah, exactly. It's basically meant to be like a funny, super edgy take on the series. Like it's the same idea as like the Devil May Cry games. And from that perspective, it works really well. Uh, the gameplay is very similar to Neo. Which uh, if you're a fan of that kind of thing, you'll love this. If you are taking a break from Elden Ring, this is a good call too. Uh, I really like this game, and I can recommend it to everybody. I was going
0: to say this, though, um, I want because we're going to be talking about this, I think, with another franchise on this list. Now, there's some news about how the game didn't sell very well in Japan, and I, I remember seeing that because this is supposed Final Fantasy. Can we just say this? Final Fantasy used to be so overwhelming, overwhelmingly dominant in Japan. It was like Call of Duty in that country. And my question is, do you think the way Square has sort of farmed out a lot of the Call of Duty names to other franchises and, and things has any effect on that?
1: Sorry, what? Call of Duty.
0: Well, for example, and um, Final Fantasy is no longer a mainline Final Fantasy. Okay,
1: there's, you you there's you, you 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 got a little bit tied up there, but we're good. Um, yeah, it's hard to explain
0: because in in America, Call of Duty is the dominant franchise every year. No question asked, it's going to top the list. It's going to top this, and but for the most part, it's been a mainline series. There's sure. been a little, you know, a little whatever with Warzone. But in Japan, Final Fantasy has sort of split apart a little bit. You got MMOs, you've got adventure games, you got racing games, and you have Stranger of Paradise, which is not really a Final Fantasy type game. It just has the name on it. And it didn't sell very well in Japan, which is kind of remarkable. I think and, it's
1: Yeah, it's got the name, it's got the characters, and I think you're absolutely you're absolutely correct about that. We look at um we can contrast this with say Dragon Quest. Dragon Quest is a series yeah. that it does innovate to some extent, but mostly when you buy a Dragon Quest game, you pretty much know what you're gonna get. Uh, yeah. that maybe is not necessarily true when we when talk about Final Fantasy games. However, I will say that the way it typically goes for the fan base, at least, and I don't know how this correlates to sales, because I don't think those two are related at all, but the way it tends to go is uh, you'll have a game like Final Fantasy thirteen come out, which is generally not held to be great immediately on launch, but give it a couple years, people we'll come back to it, revisit it with a different set of eyes. Maybe they'll think it's a bit better, and that might happen here, too.
0: Well, XIV 14, 14 righted the ship, and fourteen became like a phenomenon. Yeah,
1: years exactly, have- that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, in fact, it was discontinued for a while. Yep. But uh, but no, it's, so we'll see. I mean, you like the game. I've heard, I've heard that from other people. So Japanese sales notwithstanding, it sounds like if you're into these sort of things, then you're going to like Stranger of Paradise.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Number nine, Call of Duty Vanguard. It's more Call of Duty. Uh, it's got Warzone. You like Warzone? You play Warzone. Number eight, Mario Kart 8. We're talking about Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, same as we have for the past two years. It's...
0: Um, there's a reason why. But here it got a whole bunch of DLC,
1: though, like lots of it. That's Stunts. true. They did release this big expansion, I think last it was last month, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, I actually bought a copy for a friend who uh, just joined the Switch world and the only reason he bought a Switch was to play Mario Kart
1: 8. Hey, know, it's it's like Wii Sports, right? Yeah, but yep. he's
0: uh, I think it's like 24 tracks or whatever. So, That's I don't crazy. know. I mean, it's it's from the all the
1: old games. So. Number 7 is WWE 2K22. Number 6 is Pokémon Legends Arceus. We mm-hmm. should talk about that one. Uh, Number five, Horizon 2 Forbidden West is, of course, still going strong. I'm not Mm -hmm. surprised there. Number four is MLB The Show 22. Uh, Number three.
0: Real quick, uh... though. I want to stop there, though, because this is different. Because wasn't this the first MLB The Show to appear on Nintendo console?
1: I have no idea.
0: Now, okay, truth be told, we don't really
1: talk about sports. Correct. I, you, you're about to say we don't really care, and you're right about that, too.
0: Um, well, we care a little bit in the fact is we, like, you know, we want to think. But, no, yeah, it is. Uh, I think last year was the first year it appeared on Microsoft console. And, yeah, this is a Sony-published game on Nintendo console. How about that? That's kind of a big deal.
1: Yeah, it kind of is. That's true. I mean, even if you don't care about sports, that does bode certain things for the future. That is true.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I don't think you're going to see the next game on the list on a
1: PlayStation console. You're probably not. I don't think you're going to see so. it anywhere but on the console it was launched on. Number three is Kirby and the Forgotten Land, the newest entry in that long-running series on the Switch. Um, it is rock solid if you like <laughs> Kirby. So by that I mean it's it's not really rock solid. It's kind of marshmallowy, squishy. But uh... <laughs> I've uh, I
0: picked it up on your recommendation. Yeah, I like and, it. Uh, again, again, I played it after Elden Ring, so I, my body was ready for it. Mm-hmm. This game is very deceptive because everybody is talking about the first level where it looks like The Last of Us, you know, the abandoned mall, but it really goes places. Yeah, it really does. And, and it, I got to tell you, I know we don't talk about Switch games in this vein, but if you give this game a chance and, and play it with headphones and look at it on a nice display, it's very... Nice
1: looking. Let me tell you, if you have one of those fancy OLED switches, uh, this is the game for you. This is this in Dread would, are the system sellers for the OLED yeah. switch. It's glorious.
0: Like I know, uh, I know people have. Uh, we we don't endorse this, and I'm not doing it now. But there's been a lot of um, illegitimate switch playing online. Can we say that? Mm-hmm. And people have talked about this. But no, I think if you this was a game made for this console, and it was it's very joyful. The music's colorful. You get a nice little Japanese theme song, and Kirby turns into a car.
1: What more do you want, really? Speaking of turning into a car, in Gran Turismo 7, number two, you can also turn into a car. that's, That's the plot, right? You turn into a car?
0: This is a big win for Sony. Uh, Can we say this right now? This game sold like gangbusters. It was always supposed to. I also think it bears out Sony's strategy, I'm sorry haters, uh, of putting these games on the PlayStation 4 because had this game not been on the PlayStation 4, I don't think it would have sold a
1: tenth. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see how this generation ends up turning out because COVID shook everything up, uh, supply chain issues shook everything up. Uh, We might see this generation lasting much like the previous one did, a little bit longer than expected.
0: Well, again, Sony has concurrent consoles running at the same time because they have to. Microsoft has sort of made the, the Xbox name platform. Yeah, diagnostic. the Xbox
1: platform right now you can play most of the games on the PC.
0: Yeah, and Nintendo has mentioned that the Switch is only in half its life cycle. Yeah. And um, so, it's,
1: you know, like, we, we keep saying Switch Pro, but...
0: Here's the fact, though. Here's the fact, and you and I have said this before, but this has never been more true. We've reached the point, like, we've reached an apex of visuals where they don't sell games anymore. Right. Like... Like you can have photorealistic graphics, they're not going to sell a game anymore.
1: Yeah, I can't remember well, the last time I bought a new console and was like, "Wow, this is a huge well, step ahead of well, anything."
0: You're recovering pixel pixel uh, addict. Remember when we first met? You were leading edge everything. You needed the newest video card, the newest processor, everything.
1: I'm gonna be honest. I'm still running with this 2080 that I've had for the past two yeah. or three years because there just has not been a call to upgrade. Nope. Um, everything exactly. runs fine. Everything I I play at 1440p, I get perfect performance and everything. No reason to upgrade. <laughs>
0: Well, that, and you can't buy a video
1: card. So you can. You actually can now these days. Are they back now? Yeah, they're back. We did some Chinese tariff stuff, and here we are. Well, look
0: at – I mean, the game you were most excited about was a Pixely game. It's just – that's how it runs now, though. That's just just how this world is. It's it's different, and it's better. It's – yeah, I mean, graphics are nice, and don't get me wrong, but Gran Turismo 7 is the same game on the PlayStation 4 as it is on the PlayStation 5. It just lacks some of the fidelity.
1: That's true. Hey, speaking of games, with fidelity – did you beat Elden Ring yet? No, okay,
0: let's let's not harp on this.
1: Number one prepared. is Elden Ring, and you haven't beaten it yet. Now, I want all of you podcast <laughs> listeners to know that I watched this man play Elden Ring. He got to the <laughs> final boss of the game. If any of you have, have ever played a no, Dark no, Souls game... you got to say it
0: right. you got to say it right. I, you were astonished that I managed to get to the final boss considering how horrible my character <laughs> was.
1: Any, any of you who have, who have played Dark Souls, you know what fat rolling is. And I want you to know... <laughs> This man beat the entire game except the final (laughs) boss, which I'm not sure is possible when you're fat rolling, (laughs) while wearing gear that his character could not actually hold and flopping about like a dead fish the entire game.
0: (laughs) What happened was, okay, I beat the first phase, right? When I did it, it took me, what, 20 hours? And I finally beat the first phase and I got to the magic, the final, final boss, which is a giant, not anything. It. it looks like a giant fish and I, it just does, it's, you know how Elden Ring goes, Dark Souls, yes. it just throws everything at you until you learn the rhythm, right? And I didn't realize what the rhythm was. And it just threw all this crap at me and I was like, I'm, I can't do this. My brain can't handle this right now. So, and that's when I uh, took a pause for Kirby and um, Ghostwire.
1: But now you're going to go back and beat it, right?
0: eventually I will I'll go back it took me a while to go back to dark souls I'll go back when I when I'm in a proper place and,
1: a point being number safe. one is point being number one is Elden Ring and if this man can get to the very end, the very last boss of the game you can too don't don't believe the hype get this game
0: you know what's depressing though i see people beat this game in 20 minutes i see people like brag about this game like they figured it out in a way my brain can't figure it out and i understand i'm okay with that i'm totally fine well, let
1: with it let me I help that. you out there's a number it's how much weight your character can carry and if you go above that, he flops my around like a dead fish.
0: My character was fat with a big sword, and you turned me into a naked man in a dress. <laughs> You're I welcome. Did I did better. <laughs> Look, I have no criticism. Elden Ring is the best game of the year so far for a lot of people, and I think it's going to remain that way because it, it doesn't apologize there's, for what it there's
1: is. There's so much of it, too, is the biggest yeah. thing. There's an, you, you can get as much out of Elden Ring as you want, and that's wonderful. I, I'm reminded of Breath of the Wild in much the same
0: way. I'll say this, the success of Elden Ring reminds me of Final Fantasy 7. You have these fran- you know, let's be fair, it's technically a, a Souls game, right? Yep. You have this franchise that was always there underneath, right? But right. now it's succeeded in becoming not only mainstream but a dominant mainstream. Like this game has dominated everything else. This game, this game, I think this game may actually sell the last Call of Duty. It's crazy. It's crazy how successful this is. Is it hard? Yes. Can you beat it? Yes. Can I beat it? I don't know. But you did help me. You did help me, and you did mock me, and that's the strangest thing of all. What a perfect game for like the Twitch world, where people can watch and cheer. You got parents playing with kids. I would have never thought that about Elden Ring. Not in a million years.
1: And and yet here we are. So. Crazy. Move so, moving on from there, we have a few. Uh, we have this Everything Else section that we tend to do. We yeah. talk about games that are coming out. You've already did that. Just, you know, the game related stuff. So, yep. Sonic 2 movie did really well. Um, I've, again, heard it's good. It's good if you're a Sonic fan. I have, I've not seen it. Didn't see the first I one either. It. I saw it. Was I it good?
0: Saw it. Not as good as the first one, but fun. And uh, I put it on the list because it is now the highest grossing video game movie in America. It's, it's never going to beat, you know, Warcraft in China.
1: But you can okay. see the first one. So, you know, you're talking about the movie, and I just got really distracted looking at the next thing we're going to talk about, and I can't help myself. So okay. the the movie, sure, but –
0: Yeah. Well, I'll say this. The movie, it's more of the same. Uh, you got Idris Elba as Knuckles, which is kind of inspired, and you have Jim Carrey giving the best perf- – like one of the best performances of his career as Dr. Robotnik, and I mean that's really what it is. It's not much more than that. It doesn't need to be. The kids love it. Um, it's funny. You will enjoy it. Will you love it? I don't know, but you won't hate it. It's it, It's just it's inoffensive fun, and that's okay. what a movie needs to be.
1: But speaking of inoffensive fun, here's some offensive fun for you. Oh, no. So they're releasing Sonic Origins, and I guess the first thing is, you know, I here's how much I care about Sonic. What the hell is Sonic Origins? It's got Sonic, Sonic 2, Sonic 3, and Knuckles, and Sonic CD. That's great. Um, but... What we're actually talking about here, look at this ridiculous DLC roadmap, and I'm not only the only person who cares about yeah. this stuff, you know, this I'm, is, this I'm is the how person, you... you know, people complain about, say, the the plot in Kingdom Hearts, and my response is always, number one, there's a wiki, number two, the plot is made for Japanese school children, if you can't understand it, it's on you, it's not on them, but this... We're talking about Sonic,
0: though, we're talking about Sonic
1: the Hedgehog. Yeah, we're talking about Sonic the Hedgehog here, specifically yeah. the various edition slash DLC packs for Sonic Origins.
0: You know, this is how you make people hate franchises again. You take something so simple, so pure—literally just
1: just a retread pack of the old Sonic games. And I figured
0: I figured out why Sonic is popular with the kids. I, I traced it back. It took me a while to figure it out, right? It's the free versions of Sonic on app stores that did it. Like Sega was pilling like Sonic CD. They were doing all this stuff, and they were releasing Sonic games for free right. on Amazon App Store, iOS, whatever. They weren't charging fifty bucks for it. And that's how you get that's how you get six year olds to play you know, a 30-year-old game.
1: All right. So I'm looking here. I'm looking here at the, this DLC chart. You guys can't see it, obviously, but I'll explain to you. So you have the standard edition of Sonic Origins, which I'm told is 40 bucks. Jesus. And that's going to come with. Well, yeah, Jesus. So it comes with Sonic 1, 2, 3, Sonic 3 and Knuckles, Sonic CD. Sure, if you want to spend 40 bucks on that, fine, whatever. However, you can also, if you pre-order the game, you get the Start Dash Pack. Which comes with a hundred bonus coins, so you got your mad money, you got your mirror mode, whatever that is, and a letterbox background. However, comma, you could also purchase, I guess at some point, the premium fun pack and the classic music pack, which add a bunch of other crap, but who cares about that? Because well, what you really want
0: No 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 no, stop right there, because that's BS. And I'll tell you what, you know this I'm not gonna give a history lesson, but you know the history of the music with these games. Michael right?
1: Jackson, yes.
0: Not just Michael Jackson though. It's it's his producers, and I guarantee there's a scene in the Sonic 2 movie where Sonic is snowboarding, mm-hmm. right? And it's even mimicking the game. And I thought to myself, if they put, you know, the Jetsons' Hard Times in this movie, this will be a masterpiece, right? You know the song Hard Times? No. Hard Times was made by the producer of the song, which would become the producer of the Sonic. It was a techno glam. Synth song that was okay. never released. It was you can find it on YouTube. It's fantastic. It's utterly amazing. Um, that became the track in Sonic Three.
1: And the the doo 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 that one with, with yeah, the do, yeah. Do, 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 do. yeah yeah it's, yeah, it's amazing. Hey, yeah, it's 3. funny. I just talked about how I don't play Sonic. and Yeah, I know exactly which song yeah. you're talking about. Well, they
0: released. They actually the song was never released, and eventually they okay. released it on vinyl with a nod to Sonic Three. So Sonic 3 is snowboarding in the movie, and the music is generic. That's the only problem. You need the music. The music's important.
1: Well, good news. You can spend extra money to get the additional music tracks from the Mega Drive slash Genesis titles with the classic <laughs> music pack. It does not come with the game. Here, it gets even crazier. You get all this extra crap for this little collection of Sonic games. But, but if you want everything, you can get the digital deluxe edition. However, if you just buy it, you don't get everything. How you like that?
0: So there's a there's a coffee shop in the Sonic 2 movie <clears> where everybody goes to. And the name of the coffee shop is called The Mean Bean.
1: I see, uh, that's, I, uh, yeah, that's good, yeah, that's good.
0: That, that's just a little wordplay. That is more joyful than anything you just described to me. So, okay,
1: here's the worst part. Let's say that I, w- I really want to play Sonic Origins for some godforsaken reason that I don't have these games already. I'm going to get the Digital Deluxe Edition. That's great. I get everything right. No, I don't. Because if I don't pre-order it, I don't get mirror mode, whatever that is. and I don't get the bonus coins, and I don't get the letterbox background, and I don't have any fun. And That's
0: it. It just feels like the goodwill they're building up is being eroded.
1: I mean, they and did Sonic Mania, and everybody was like, oh, Sonic's back. Hooray.
0: I'll say this, the the road from 1990 to 2022 for Sonic has been a bumpy one, to mm-hmm. say the least. But the highs outweigh the lows, so who knows. Um, Pops are, we get a lot of this stuff gratis. We don't necessarily pay for anything.
1: Yeah, I'll fully um, admit that you should never listen to a game reviewer, including myself. Yeah. That is, yeah. If, if I get a game for free, and I will freely admit that I get a lot of them for free, you should not take my word for this.
0: Yeah, you should always be skeptical even
1: and in the modern world in the modern world where you can find full gameplay the whole game commentary free 1440p 4k any game you want there is no reason to listen to me i hate to say it but it's true i I will say this though um sometimes when they
0: re-release these games they make changes like i don't i don't I, one of the story I didn't want to talk about is that people found out that the Grand Theft Auto trilogy they erased certain things that were offensive. Um, when Sonic was remastered on the uh, on the Sega Saturn, I want to think, mm-hmm. or the Dreamcast, again, music tracks that we just talked about were removed for licensing reasons. Sure. So, the the version of the game you're going to get in Sonic. Origins may not be the version you think it is. It may be close
1: enough. It may be like... And it, the kind of people who are excited about Sonic Origins are the kind of people who might notice that. Let's be real.
0: Oh, no, no. They are completely the people that would notice that. Right. And that's the problem. And so I it's hard just to say, oh, it's the classic
1: game. Again, Grand Theft Auto... Uh, trilogy came out it was not the game you played it was, right. completely, it and was different. Y- and you know i'm not i'm never going to be the person talking about anti-consumer this anti-consumer yeah. that because as far as i'm concerned game pass exists we we have no more room to talk about anti-consumer anything in a world of game pass but um now nah, if we're gonna talk about anti-consumer stuff this is it that's what this looks like uh what a bunch yeah. of crap
0: <laughs> We'll see. I mean, I mean, it could it could turn out to be special. It could, but nothing in my life, and I don't think anything in your life or anybody's life is ever going to be as great a remaster as when Nintendo remastered the, the original Super Mario Brothers games. You know,
1: Look, Super man, I'm, I'm just going to say that I could play any of yeah. these games on an emulator, like a Raspberry okay. Pi from like
0: six years need, ago. You don't even need Raspberry Pi. I mean, it, I mean, these games could run on a song. Yeah, but but you do want to support the characters you like, and Sega. I guess that's for, true. I mean, but Sega, for for all intents and purposes, is an interesting company that is not the same. But I will say this. I'm going to leave it with this. They did – when you see these movies, they did what Marvel does, the Marvel thing, where they have clips of Marvel stuff, like the Marvel Studio logo. Right. Sega has their own logo. It's called
1: Sega Studios or whatever. Sega.
0: And literally, you see clips of Genesis games on the theater screen. You see Golden Axe, Space Harrier. You see all this stuff. And I thought to myself – what would happen if Sega respected those franchises in Star the same way they do the Sonic thing right now? Imagine,
1: thought, imagine you know, a world where you have a new Fantasy Star game coming out that's competing with Final Fantasy sixteen. That's good for everybody.
0: Yeah. Or, again, we talked about
1: this before. Or, my, you know, my, Golden Axe competing with whatever the next Bayonetta is.
0: What was my game of the year in 2020? It was the uh, was Streets of Rage 4. Right. It was a total shock to me, right? And... Imagine Kosega is sitting on a gold mine of franchises. You know this. Amazing right. franchises. A new Golden Axe?
1: Yes. Well, you know, they're too busy firing uh Naka midway through making Battle of oh, Wonderworld, so. Yeah,
0: by the way, that was Square Enix.
1: Who fired Yuji Naka?
0: is suing Square Enix. I was
1: That's what it was. Sh- okay, yeah, right. Like, he, sorry, he, Sega, it's fine.
0: I didn't want to bring this up, but Yuji Naka apologized for people who bought Bound Wonderland and said, I'm sorry, this is not the game you thought it was because he was actually fired from the game because he did not agree uh, with Square's, uh Enix's crunch time and what? how they approached the, the final stages. And so, yeah, I I feel sorry for Yuji Naka.
1: You know, it, it's funny, too, because crunch time and such is one of those things that I will get never talk about, you know, as far as I'm concerned, if they don't like it, they can get a new job, but 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 when somebody puts their career on the line like that, nah, I'll respect that. Well, That's respect. I will say this though: immediately after he left,
0: he's now he went ahead and made a new iPhone game, so he's gonna be fine. Yeah, he'll be his fine. I'm is, sure, his Yuji is cool. And yeah, he's he's a survivor. He's been doing this a long time. I just feel bad that I don't know if he's getting any money or residuals from all this Sonic resurgence because nobody mentions his name well, sonic I Sonic. Mean, you know,
1: bad news: he's not getting any money from Balon Warner World either.
0: It was like, you know, you remember the Superman story where the Superman creators, like Siegel or whatever, weren't getting any money from S- Superman or Bob Kane or the other guy, right. Mr. Finger, weren't getting any money from Batman. And I kind of feel the same way about video games. It's like we don't really give credit to the people who actually create them.
1: Unless their name is Kojima.
0: Unless their name is Kojima, which is funny to be. And that will be the last time we mention Kojima on this podcast.
1: Kojima, Kojima, Kojima.
0: I do like Kojima, but come on, man. 20 versions of uh Death Stranding.
1: I played every single one of them. I love that game. It's speaking a of games. It's
0: the Directors Plus Edition Plus.
1: Speaking of games that I love, um, this is a surprise. I wasn't – huh. Oh, no. Um, okay. So you want us to um, – I'm going to read from the page this here. This
0: was a request from our producer that we mention this. You want us bonus. to
1: discuss uh, how porn <laughs> shovelware games are exploding, much like myself when I play them. <laughs> On the Nintendo Switch that feature a little of the full-blown nudity, with the main culprit being East Asia soft titles, such as In the Mood, Neko Secret Room, Pretty Girls Rivers, and Seven Pirates H. Now, there are many more games than that. I'll talk about Morero Crystal. That's a fantastic game. Uh, I think you can play Monster Mod piece on the Switch. It's, yeah, uh, don't ask Claudio about any of these. Uh, Here's the thing. We are in... And I think it's hard to argue with this. We are in one of the most censorious periods of culture in decades. Am I wrong? If one does
0: not navigate it, yes. If one is skilled, one can survive. That's but true. It is, now, it is
1: treacherous. We, now the road is treacherous. Look, right. And different companies have handled this in different ways. Sony has gone full-blown lockdown with this stuff. And I want to point out one game in particular to talk about as far as this goes. They've gone full-blown
0: lockdown if it's not
1: their game. Yeah, that's true. But there is one game in particular that really blows my mind and it really sets the sets the stage for this. Mm. That game is called Labyrinth Life. Have you heard of it?
0: I've heard of it. I think I know the game you're talking about too. So
1: Labyrinth Life is a dungeon crawler and the, the gimmick is that you play as women and the women, their tits grow when they consume something. I don't really remember how it works. Point being, the mechanic I just described to you does not exist, because we're talking about Labyrinth Life. That's the PS4 version. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sony stripped that out, no pun intended. That does mm. not exist in the PS4 version. If you play the Switch version, which is called Omega Labyrinth Life, it has that mechanic. It has everything. It's full-blown. Woo
0: We have gone into topsy-turvy world, where 30 25 years ago you couldn't that put would a
1: cross you could not put a cross in a Nintendo game for fear that it might upset some parents.
0: No. Do you remember Duke Nukem 3D on the Nintendo 64 or anything? Anything everything was That's censored true. on Nintendo consoles. It's-
1: that is no longer the case. Now I'm going to come out and say it. I'm one of those guys. I'm going to say straight out that I pay my taxes. Nobody has any right to tell me what I can't look at.
0: Well, the rating system – I mean people always talk about the rating system as a way to warn people, but it actually became a way to – not I don't want to say censor, right? It it became a way to control
1: what content was in games. It was a way to have an outside force influence what content was in games, and I'm going to be real. um, The vast majority of the world, I think, as much as we want to try to deny it, still sees video games as toys for children. Uh, Which is interesting to me because the fact that Nintendo does not censor these games suggests that that's not what they think. Nintendo doesn't
0: feel the need to be the parent anymore the way they used to be. Right. I mean, they still they still have a very restrictive online system. They have a very you know, it's it, you you don't have the freedom to communicate with people like the way you would on a PlayStation or a Microsoft platform. But but what's so interesting is the inconsistency of it all. Mm-hmm. Like I said, Sony Sony will release a game like Last of Us Two that has graphic sex. And yes. Like, like let's just say um,
1: nothing you want tri- to see certainly. Well, but I'll, does, say that,
0: I'll say I'll yeah. say this: a trigger warning wouldn't be out of place on that game.
1: Yeah depending on the content. The like Last of Us 2 is extremely explicit, but it's not censored in yeah, any way. Um Meanwhile, they'll take something like Labyrinth Life and strip out a significant portion of the game, again, pun intended, and that is a good point. That's a solid point. They won't touch their own games, which have, I, I will say, anything in The Last of Us 2 is much more extreme than some ridiculous anime hentai game.
0: Well, again, it, it also applies not just to the, the Dungeon Caller, the, the boob games, but it like characters will be reclothed, characters will be redesigned, like things will happen. And unless you're noticing these, you might not not even notice the product you're getting has been censored.
1: And I'm not going to, you know, obviously, I'm not going to be the person who says that I, you know, pick up these games and play that kind of thing. I'm not really interested. But I will say that from a principal perspective, I don't really love the idea of a company telling me that I'm not allowed to see something. I think there's
0: twofold. Um, One, you're an adult. The game is rated M. I... I never thought M was a good a good uh, a good analogy, a good uh, moniker because M doesn't stand for mature it could stand for cartoonish blood, sure. it could or it could stand for offensive language like pucker your butthole. Yeah, it, it does.
1: contrast mean, you know, contrast yeah. the last of us two to something like Mad World on the Wii. Which, I mean, that was an extremely gruesome game. Tons of swearing, blood everywhere, yeah, it's but... It's a cartoon, though. But it's a cartoon. It's, it's, it's a obviously cartoon. meant to be played for kind of a humor slash, you know, this is so cool kind of thing. Meanwhile, Last of Us 2 is legitimately kind of disturbing if you play it for too long. Exactly. And,
0: but, but, but it's a rewarding game. I don't feel that it's a masterpiece by any stretch, but it's a very rewarding game in the fact that you're you know you're playing a game that's meant for adult. Uh, what, uh,
1: uh, what, what rating did Horizon get? T, I think? Yeah, I think Horizon's a T, and Horizon uh, is not explicitly violent, but it's got exciting scenes. What does T even mean anymore?
0: Uh, What does M even mean anymore? Well, in in the movie world, you know, you have the the G, the PG, PG PG-13, and R. R ratings are notorious, uh, notoriously bad, because there's a lot of restrictions that come along with it. You can't have, like, a Star Wars that's rated R. You might get, they might tiptoe to PG or PG-13, but generally speaking, the audiences aren't there for them if they're not. And it's very, it's uh, if you have NC seventeen, you're not going into a mainstream theater because they're not allowed. With video games, it's exactly the opposite. Like mm-hmm. Sony and Microsoft tout rated M. Like right. they Want the game to be rated M. It's same thing rappers did. They took advantage of the of the
1: parental advisory logo. Right. Exactly. The they other point. About it. The other point that I want to make about this, I think maybe our producer was touching on it because you want to get some opinions on. It. The other point that I want to make is um, the fact that these games are showing up on the Switch isn't just about you know oh uh, there's porn games on the Switch. It speaks to a general loosening of what we will allow on these storefronts. Now, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I would say that back in two thousand nine, two thousand ten, I distinctly recall your, you know, your hipster indie game people from the Bay Area talking about how they all wanted to be on Steam. You know, we gotta be on Steam, Steam's a walled garden. Why won't they let us put our games on Steam? Steam, 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 Steam. Then they did. Yeah, Steam doesn't really have any restrictions anymore. For a while, they had a program called Greenlight uh, where you had to kind of crowdsource support for your game to get it listed on the store, but that, that doesn't well, even exist anymore. You can put anything you want on Steam uh,
0: now. No, Steam does restrict stuff too, though. I mean, there have been cases where games have been removed because they have like uh, more, uh, I don't want to say sexual content, but like China, for example, like Chinese developers Yeah, Ch-
1: had- Chinese Chinese developers have had games like, uh, I believe it was called Devotion, yeah,
0: that's what I the, think? The, yeah.
1: Like, I mean, like, you, you can. Incidentally, you can buy Devotion off uh, directly from the developer. You cannot buy it anywhere else now because China was mad about it. So and, think about that. And as, a,
0: well, as an analog to movies again, because let's be fair, they're they're pretty much one and the same in this respect. Like you, every day, you have a story about uh, movies that are being censored in other countries, like or even banned, like the Marvel films that have like gay subtext, or you have uh, the new Harry Potter film that bombed because it had a a, a gay storyline, like they that was be-
1: removed entirely for the Chinese audience. Yeah, so. Or,
0: but but it works in reverse, though. If they right. have Chinese, if they have items that would be offensive to Chinese culture, they get removed at the source before they hit Americans' um, markets.
1: Yeah, just consider that. Consider, as far as censorship goes, that you cannot play devotion, you, whether you can now. You could not play devotion for a solid year in the West because China did not want you to. And we
0: haven't even touched on it. It's too big of a I topic. I say
1: China. I don't Plus, mean China. I mean yeah. the CCP specifically
0: but like Germany and Australia have their own have their own censorship laws that are 100 times more strict than anything in the United States.
1: Right. But I think uh, you couldn't play Rimworld of all games. Rimworld which is basically just The Sims in space in Australia until like a month ago.
0: But what's happened I think the part that you and I both agree on it's not the developers being told if you remove this it'll be acceptable. It's the publishers themselves. It's uh it's the storefront owners like Sony mandating certain
1: changes. Making proactive decisions that influence the content yes. in games and if you are the kind of person – I would never claim to be – but if you're the kind of person who thinks that video games are art, that ought to be a problem for you. That it is
0: difficult, isn't it? Like you want to make I, – I know how you feel. You don't feel they're art. I do. But it's its difficult to make my case when I see this being accepted.
1: I because do. it's just, very it difficult to, it's very difficult to get around the idea that I can say, hey, people think video games are toys and toys are not art. And I can say that. And when you want evidence, I'll point to the fact that Sony censors games preemptively. You will change the content of your game so that it can be sold on Sony store. That's not art. That's commercialism. I will also say, on YouTube, when you are making video game videos, you have to soften up your language. You cannot say certain things. You cannot show certain images. You have to be extra careful because YouTube considers your playthrough something that children will watch, and you have to moderate yourself for children. That's well, not it's art. Be-
0: it's because you know we go back to Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic Mania exists on the same platform that The Last of Us exists on. Right. And video games have this undue pressure on them because of the way uh, publishing networks are. For example, if you had a VHS player, if you have a DVD player, if you have a Blu-ray player, if you have a streaming ser- maybe streaming service is not a good idea. It's that they'll say, "Oh, there's porn available on this on the Sonic on the Sonic console." It's not. Like people make these erroneous comparisons that detri- are to the detriment of everybody. There's just it's it's total ignorance. It's um you know yeah you, Disney Disney VHS videos dominated sales charts back in the late 80s early 90s. Right. But so did porn. Mm-hmm. Like just because just because Brazzers or whatever releases 10 volumes of whatever that doesn't impact whether or not you can get the Disney classics.
1: Right. Exactly. But that's like, not the they- They both play on the same machine, but they're very different audiences. But that's not necessarily the case for games because, yeah, yeah, the fact that they're releasing Disney movies wouldn't necessarily mean that browsers or whoever cannot release their movies on the same platform. That's a problem. You should have an issue with that. People
0: forget that in the original format war, it was VHS versus Betamax, right? Sony was the sole owner of Betamax, and they were very restrictive about the content. This was back in the 80s. Uh, You could not buy porno or you know, legitimate porno on the Betamax. Sony did not allow it. Did not allow it. Didn't didn't allow porn on Blu-ray either. Like this is a this is a long standing thing. When Sony themselves owns the platform, but everything else, VHS, DVD, whatever, it exploded like literally sorry, I forgive the term, exploded. And I think we see that same type of mentality ironically propping up now, which really didn't exist before. Right. The PlayStation brand. This is a new thing for them. Yeah.
1: And I'm just gonna, you know, wrap it up by saying this. This is a, we're currently in a time period. It's hard to deny that there are many forces at work trying to have a say in what you can say, or see, or think, or hear, mm-hmm. or whatever. So while I don't think the switch is really improved by having these games there, obviously mm-hmm. I, they're not games I want to play. I don't think they're very good. Certainly, um, I will say games like Mario Chronicle and Labyrinth Life. Those are actual games. They they have gameplay. You can play those, and if you like them, you can get something out of them more than just you know the obvious. But I think that more people should be willing to, you know, stand up and say, "I can decide for myself what I want to see. You don't need to do that for me." It
0: is funny, though. Every couple of years, we go through this battle.
1: It's it's a cycle. It's absolutely a cycle. We saw this again back in the '90s.
0: Well, we're seeing it right now with books and movies too. It's like, are we going to? You know, it it doesn't matter what political side you're on. If you're a Republican, Democrat, conservative, progressive, independent, there's a censorious streak inside you somewhere.
1: But I have the utmost faith. Before we go anywhere, let's go ahead and wrap it up. I, I, I'll put it this way. I have the utmost faith that every human being on this planet can decide for themselves what they can or cannot handle and don't need anybody else to tell them. That's it. Uh,
0: if if the video game companies believe that, they would be more enforcing of the rating system that they impose, but they don't. Like There's ways around it. And again, I, this is not a subject we're going to— we're ever going to see the end of this is just how human nature is. we, we
1: are currently at this point of the cycle give it a couple of years we'll see what happens
0: it happens and honestly if you want to find the game you'll find a way to play it yep so we all know this by the way parents your kids know better and with that i think we're time to wrap it up this has been the Pop Zara podcast talking about the state of gaming a little backwards this time for april 2022 is that right april 2022 that's the one Sorry for the late posting. Uh, we got the information late, so we did the best thing we could. We'll probably have another one later this month with a lot more exciting things. But for that, I want to thank our Steam senior gaming editor once again, Mr. Corey, G-Man. See you on the next level, Gallagher Corey, thank you. Hey, once thanks again, very much.
1: You said my name right. Woo.
0: Because I smooshed it in with all the phrases and stuff. This has been Nathan Evans, managing editor of Popsara, saying, everyone, stay safe. We will see everybody in a very beautiful, very sunny summer. Hopefully you're outside with the sunshine. You earned it. You've been through a lot. Enjoy it. Bye-bye.
1: You've been listening to the PopZara podcast. For more quality original content, check out popzara.com for the latest reviews and previews in gaming, movies, tech, and more.